2: Ruthie, yes. I have a confession to make to you and to our listeners. I bite my nails. I don't bite my toenails. Don't be a fucking piece of- <laughs> Some listeners are like, oh, your toenails? I didn't say that. I bite my fingernails.
3: How long have you been doing it
2: for? Forever. Me too. When people are like, you oh, know, use a nail thing. I'm like, I don't like it. mm so i have chipped my tooth before biting my nails oh
3: that's competitive nail biting went to
2: the dentist i have an amazing dentist (laughs) fucking love my dentist yeah she was like so many people chip their tooth biting their nails
3: i've never heard of that
2: they do now here we are in the pandemic we're like what five six months in i think seven i've done it again
3: you chipped your tooth
2: biting my nails
3: top or bottom
2: bottom middle two So like the main, the mainzies.
3: Do you have strong nails? Do you eat a lot of calcium? Are you (laughs) love
2: calcium? Big into dairy. (laughs) You
3: love that vitamin D. I'm
2: doing a lot of got milk commercials still, even now. (laughs) It chipped again and I haven't gone to the <laughs> dentist. One, because it's a pandemic, even though I don't think that's an issue. I don't think but so. But two, I haven't gone out of fucking sheer embarrassment that I've done it twice.
3: <sighs> oh my god. Because
2: my I, 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 have, I have experienced this since high school. I think I'm good at shaping the nail with my teeth. <laughs> I, I truly I am, dude, believe that. So I gross. truly believe it. I truly uh, believe that I'm good at shaping the nail with my that, teeth. I
3: think I am too. I try to keep my nails painted all the time so that I don't bite them.
2: Me too, to hide (laughs) my my passion of biting them. (laughs) Our guest today, Ruthie. Oh, I love her. Has sent us some drinks. Courage and stone. She has her own drink line, as if she hasn't Already done so many things in her career.
3: Yeah, it's like she's a TV host. She hosts. Whose line is it anyway? She's the voice of Lana and Archer. She currently hosts a Prime Rewind show on Amazon Prime for Inside the Boys. I, and these the are all boys. These are all current things that she's doing. So
2: basically saying that we're doing nothing yeah and that's how i feel <laughs> pretty she's much done so many things um and she should be she's absolutely incredible and our chat with her today is is absolutely phenomenal so we won't keep you guys from it please welcome aisha tyler well you are the first guest to ever bring us uh and and we're in a pandemic. We're not we in the, the three of us are not in the same location, <laughs> nope. yeah. but yet still delivered uh, booze. Courage cheers, and Stone. You guys, we
4: cheers. like a little virtual cheers. Wait, when did this launch? Well, our hard launch was January
2: of this year. Oh my god! Oh, wow. Yeah, that yeah. is. I mean, oh, I know things like, like this can take a while because there's so many elements to mm-hmm. distribution, but my god, that is. That, you must feel so good. I'm <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so I'm just And so, now so. it's out there. Well,
3: and like the perfect timing of being in quarantine. Like, luckily, you were launching something that <laughs> was really people needed. It? <laughs> people really needed it. It that was is an essential. So it was, thank you're an essential you, right? worker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, God. Thank you. Really, you are. You see me. <laughs> I see. Yeah.
2: I know just because everyone's listening, I just want to point out. Because uh, you obviously can look up Courage and Stone to yeah. see what I'm talking about. But I want to just tell you, the design of these bottles yeah. is so satisfying.
3: Oh, thank you. Because it feels like a sophisticated flask almost. Dude, yeah. you hit it. I
4: wanted it to be this. like a flask vibe. This is a, an 80 proof drink. It's the same yeah. proof as whiskey. So it's got yeah. that like delicious whiskey vibe. Um, but it's, it's packs, a, it packs a serious punch. It's it's meant for grownups.
3: I took a sip and audibly out loud went, Damn! Oh! <laughs> Like oh. I was like holy shit do I drink manhattans now I never I never I don't think you I've do. ever ordered a manhattan and I was You're like sophisticated lady rooty Yeah I was like
2: <laughs> I feel like there's nothing more daddish than just being at home making sophisticated moonshine. I feel right. like it that's is very for you. dad is
3: I like I was
4: raised by a single dad. Like this is right. my destiny. you're just
2: stirring in yeah. a bathtub. You're yes. Just, just
3: like your husband's like, Can
2: I take a shower?
4: No. Not no, for a no, couple no, no, months. No, you can you can burn <laughs> bath like the rest of us, buddy. Go to uh-huh. the guest bathroom. Get yourself a washcloth. <laughs>
3: Did your dad drink a lot of
4: cocktails? My dad is not a drinker, interestingly oh, enough. Like okay. not at all. He's very yeah. my dad is uh, you know, it's it's legal here in California. So I'll just be frank. My dad's a pot guy, he always has been. i was, I think I've seen him have every drink he's ever had in his entire adult life. Like he'll have oh, a yeah. word of a glass of champagne and be like, ooh, tart. Um, yeah. So he's not a drinker. But I yeah, I have all those qualities. <laughs> he loves it, he loves the sticky bud, though.
2: Did he smoke joints? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, okay, yeah, yeah,
4: totally. I mean, my parents are like pure 70s, you know, like a pure expression of like 70s culture, like moved out to California because they wanted to be a part of the like transcendental meditation movement. Yes. Oh, wow. We lived in an ashram for a while. My mom and we went to Ethiopia to study with the Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. My mom lived in India. So they were yeah. like hardcore West Coast. <laughs>
2: That's insane.
4: Northern California <laughs> hippies.
3: All of those things you just said could be an entire podcast. Dude, you did all uh, that? that season. You did, you... Uh, we were just discussing it. Season three of the Vow, bitches. What? <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> season three. We're already there.
4: Yeah, the Tyler's.
2: <laughs> did you partake in all that? Was that? I mean, I
4: was a kid, so yeah, I was, yeah, I was a kid, so yeah, that was I... my life growing up. We were vegetarian what? and didn't have we didn't they didn't believe in television.
2: Was that both of them, or is one a little both bit more that. than the other? Okay, yeah, yeah,
4: both of them until my parents divorced. And then my mom is still, I mean, my, my whole family actually, like my father is not as active in that world as he used to be, but sure. um, but like all, my entire family all eventually settled into Buddhism. So my mom's been a practicing Zen Buddhist for like 25 years. My sister is a Nichiren Buddhist, and my and my father and my stepmom like got married in India. So like my family's still very like kind of Eastern philosophy. They all they all very yes. they vibe on that stuff. And yes, everybody, you know. Everybody loves the cannabis.
2: And you're yeah. a boozist. Is I'm that a, a
4: cheesy a booze joke boozeist. or does yeah. that work? I <laughs> worship at the altar of, of, of the, a, the bourbon cask. <laughs> as soon
2: as it popped in my head, I was like, that's cheesy, but you can't keep that in your brain. <laughs> you to You got to
4: keep
3: firing, you know. You, you don't, don't want to let the, the riff go I swing.
2: I swing at every single pitch. Every single pitch. Single every pitch. pitch.
3: Bring it. <laughs> Wait, what was it like? Growing up on an ashram, you know yeah. it's interesting. Like
4: I've been having a lot of like strange, <laughs> like triggering experiences with all these documentaries,
3: like Wild Wild yeah. Country.
1: Of, and, yeah,
3: <laughs> Yes. right. Because like, I watched that and I go, "Well, I would join that." I was like, and then didn't all of a sudden, bad, like, man. Right. It's, it's yeah, right? Wild Wild Country until, <laughs> until like until started they poisoning, poisoning the food. The food. It seemed yeah, pretty. I like yoga, they're making out. They're, You know, and you're like just yeah, nature, garden.
2: people getting together, community. We're
3: helping
4: all the homeless people, man. They were taking off the street. I mean, like I recognized a lot of wild, wild country, like that. Like a lot of that was very much a similar to my my childhood experience. Mm-hmm. But I, but I never, and I and I, I mean, both like at the time and now didn't have any like negative experience with it. Right. Um, we lived in an ashram that's still there um, in the Bay Area called the City of uh Foundation. That's the name of the organization. And it was like a really safe place to be a kid because it was a compound, essentially, uh, even though it was in the city. So, you know, you're a kid, you could run around like crazy. And, you know, because you knew all the adults, the parents all knew each other. You know, you had a lot of autonomy. You had a lot of independence. Like you had a certain responsibility. You had to do chores like you would, not you know, at home too. But, you know, if you weren't doing homework or doing chores, you were just like hiding in cubby holes and playing (laughs) with the other kids and, you know, stealing candy. It it was like very enjoyable. I mean, I was very aware I was not like other kids.
2: I was just thinking as you said all that, like we're we're so informed of our reality and our perception of what things are that a lot of times we don't know that other people don't have the same setup and they don't have the same background and their parents are different. It's you know it's a lot of people, myself included. It really doesn't hit you for maybe high school, where you start going to school with people that exist on different income levels. Right, You're like, right. oh. oh, the world is filled with different people. <laughs> oh,
4: not everybody it, drinks their juice out of empty jelly jars. <laughs> so, exactly.
3: Yeah. <laughs> oh
2: <my laughs> yes.
3: God.
4: That was a major realization for me. Oh my God. Yes. You're like, wait, is not everybody's yeah. everybody's China, not just like three mismatched plates and 17 yeah. jelly jars. from the
3: grocery store, the <laughs> bank that
4: you got, like from yeah. signing up. <laughs> uh, yeah. Look, I, you know, I, the, if I had lived on an like, on, like, on like, ashram, like in the country, I think you're right. I would have had a much more kind of, life. but what the problem was, or the challenge was that my, you know, my parents were very much like, you know, I mean, poor working class, but I was like, so annoying. I was a gifted kid. So like, I went to like a much nicer school than we could afford. Do you know what I mean? Yes. So I was like, yeah. I got into the good school. Uh, yeah. And so I was very aware, like very aware that like, you know, because my, I, I'd go to school with like, you know, a, like a tofu sandwich. You know what I yeah, mean? Right. And like an apple. Yes. And the other kids would have like Twinkies and Jello and, you know, ding-dongs. And I was a, be- yeah, I was a right. beggar. I was literally a beggar. Like, do you remember you'd like trade? Like, I've got bologna. You've got peanut oh, butter and jelly. Yeah. I would be a like, I have nothing. Percent. What can you yeah. discard? That was, yeah, that what was can my can I, I will take your rejecta. Your <laughs> Whatever you yes. are not consuming, I will consume on your behalf. So, yeah. and then I didn't have a television. So I had, I didn't have any of the kind of the cultural touch points of like shows that I, Watched, You know, I was a reader. I was like a really voracious reader. Yeah. The technical term is, is, well, there are two. There's the colloquial term, which is nerd, and then the more technical (laughs) term of pariah. You can choose whichever one you like.
3: Yeah.
1: (laughs) I was a really
4: nerdy kid.
2: (laughs) But it is funny to like look back as you become an adult and someone's like... Oh yeah, it was a like when someone tells me they were a nerd in school, my brain just goes, they were informed, they were more informed it, than yes, you were. Yes, they were a reader. <laughs> yep, <laughs> they knew. Yeah, they they looked reader. into stuff. They read things. <laughs> they were curious. Yes, they <laughs> yeah. were curious. They challenged things. <laughs>
3: exactly, and they I, all go on to be very yeah. successful. Usually, they're do- and or they're, or they're like, all like, doing yeah. fine. Yeah, or like no, have true. a good life. Yeah, it's and it's so like why true. is it why is it so why is it so made fun
4: of? Like I say that like a lot of times when parents like come up to me and they've got like nerdy kids because I talk a lot about. A really like like Mm -hmm. a very socially isolated as a kid. And I always go, like, weird kids make iconoclastic adults, man. Like, I think about every popular kid, especially when I was in high school. Every super cool popular kid. And you know, I I hope they don't take this personally, but they're they all they washed out completely.
2: They should. They They should take it personally. Because they they should, you losers. They should.
4: Because like if you're just super hot and it's super easy for you to get on in your life, you just don't develop any tools for dealing with adversity. Right? right. And up. so then when you get out into the real world and like being like a hot jock, isn't enough to like qualify you for life. Like those people yeah. really found her. And like most of the people that I went to high school with that were like super popular in high school, like, you know, and I there's anything wrong with this. I mean, obviously I would never do it, but just got like had kids like right away, you know, like all of us, just like everything just like all collapsed around them, you yeah. know, because they just didn't have the tools deal with people saying no because they'd never heard it whereas like no was like an uh, the opera theme of my entire childhood (laughs) so i was very well prepared for stand up you know because i was just used to rejection
2: yeah Um, what was your if you don't mind my asking what when you said you were a gifted kid what was like the the gift you were just very smart i was just
4: super bookish like i was i was just like a hardcore apple polisher i mean you know like i used to be the kind of kid that would like after it was time for bed like i'd read under the Covers with a flashlight until like three <sighs> 4 in the morning. I'd read on the bus so long that I'd miss my stop and end up at like the terminal at the end of the thing. I'd read walking down the street and I'd fall down. I my dad had a motorcycle and he had to build a special harness to hold me on to him because <laughs> I would read on his back and then I would, would? And, like tip off the, oh, I was obsessed <laughs> with books. Yeah. And then my mom That's would so take me cool. to the library and I would on Saturday and I would just spend the whole day at the library uh just hanging out. Not doing homework, just look looking at books and reading books. And my favorite books for a very extended period of time were pathology books. So I'd go to like the, the science section and look at like goiters and tumors and hemangiomas. Okay, let me.
2: Okay, let me. <laughs> back Guys, up. when I say I nerd, know. I am <laughs> not.
4: This is not a joke. All right, I'm not fucking with you. This is real no, shit. I would look. I'm at getting like, rid of nerd. You were just <laughs> yeah. fucking smart.
2: Smart. <laughs> yeah. Super fu- genius you were like... You know when uh, when I when I sometimes theorize, theorize in my mind like all of the different uh, fantasies of well what potentially happens if we w- when we die if let's say something does happen you're one of those people that like you get to reincarnate you go back into your life but you get to remember everything so you're great? already <laughs> yeah. I hope so, so ahead of
4: because <laughs> <laughs> I, really so. I got a I got a lot of scars I got a lot of scars <laughs> I really like it'd be great if I could just hold on to whatever knowledge I learned from all these injuries.
2: I I also love the da- the the image of your your dad as this you know very hippie pot smoking but like mo- oh, motorcycle. motorcycle like my there's some dad, clashing in here if that I people love. People out there
4: listening want to envision my dad. Okay, yeah. he is Action Jackson.
1: Okay. <laughs> on a yes. black
4: ninja motors n- like Kawasaki <laughs> ninja motorcycle with like yes. a black helmet leather but then also smokes joints. My dad is like legitimately the coolest guy ever, right? He's still <laughs> like that. If you hadn't that.
3: mentioned stepmom earlier, I'd ask if he were single. Because I mean, he sounds he, everybody amazing. loves my dad. Everyone's like, where's your dad? I'm like, get away <laughs> yeah. from
4: me with that bullshit. Yeah. What's his name? His name is Jim. James Tyler, Jim.
2: I picture your dad taking that helmet off and the yeah. joint is already in his mouth. In his and mouth and it's
4: smoking <laughs> <automatically> <laughs> unmolested. It's a fatty
3: and it's unbent. <laughs> and his yeah. little girl's on the back with a pathology
4: book. And I'm like, yeah. Dad, dad I'd, Goiters. Like, I'd like to explain homunculi <laughs> to
3: yeah. you. Yeah. They
4: are yeah. typically just hair and teeth, but sometimes an entire separate like human sweetheart. has formed inside the... Like, <laughs> sweetheart, I'm,
2: I am so baked right now. Yeah. I am slammed. <laughs> I cannot handle what you're, you're so, saying. I have a thousand. Because
4: <laughs> my dad raised me. My parents separated when I was 10. And, I, and my dad mm-hmm. raised me as a single dad. So here's a very good story about my dad. And there's a thousand of them. Um, I did smoke for a little while in the eighth grade when I was uh, starting to be cool.
2: Cigarettes right? or are you getting into pot?
4: Both. Um, okay, yeah, and you like know, this was my first, this is my first foray into having like a friend group. Uh, okay. and I was really
3: trying to be cool. Uh, with these and were friends. you guys still on the ashram or had you moved out of there when your parents divorced? No, we moved yeah. out of that at that point. they were divorced, and yeah. I was living.
4: so I was thirteen years old, so I was living in San Francisco. and I'm this is like this is like when I first formed like my first like lifelong friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I was I was still like, oh my god, I got, I was getting incredibly hazed at this school. like the, I was just oh. really like crazy because it was my first. Public school. I went to public school for one year in eighth grade, mm-hmm. and um, and I was just like eight feet taller than all the other kids, and like just a total fucking weirdo and so I would just get hounded in the hallways um, and oh. and then once these kids were trying to beat me up <laughs> what uh, yeah oh god I mean, guys like I had a really I had like a I had like an who
2: night. goes after an eight foot tall <laughs> but, woman but you know when she's shrinking and she's got her nose in a book you know and people are
4: threatened by things they don't understand you know uh, oh, yes. Uh, yes you know uh, exhibit A the president so I yes. um, <laughs> yes. so these kids were trying to yes. beat me up and then this really nice guy like stuck up for me and he became my, my first like real friend, uh, and then he's been my my best, best friend my whole life. I was like he was the be- I was the best man in his wedding.
2: Still, still to oh, this day, still to
4: this day, one of my greatest oh, friends. I love that. Yeah. That is so movie esque. Yeah, though. it That's is. Like- we, our whole life. Yeah, I was I was I was a groomsman in his wedding. He was the best man in my wedding. So, uh, but we, they, they, these are like cool kids and they smoke, they listen to heavy metal. So, I was hanging out with like yeah. the metal, the metal stoner kids. So you were doing listening. it right. I oh, yeah, really, right. eighth grade, I killed it in eighth grade. I got like one good year uh, <laughs> that before I went back, it d- disappeared <laughs> back into my humble kill eye and goiters. <laughs> and, um, and I had, I, my dad figured out I was smoking and he told me to stop and I said I would stop and I insisted that I did stop and I pulled all the things you pull. You're like, Mom, someone was just smoking by me. Dad, someone uh-huh. spilled the beer on me. And I, I smell like beer because someone spilled it on me. And yeah. uh, I, I was at West Portal station for people who are in San Francisco smoking with my friends and my friend goes my friend Neil goes dude there's your dad <laughs> and i had a cigarette like it, it, up to my lip God, right that just made my stomach uh, drop and my dad I'm was just that. it was just like imagine it's just like a black motorcycle <laughs> and a black man with a black helmet <laughs> and <laughs> like, ac ac saying, dc
2: is just back in black. Black.
4: Yeah. Metallica. It was
3: metallic. yeah. Yeah.
4: <laughs> yes, yes. Like, and he's got binoculars like stuck oh. into the visor hole. He's watching you. <laughs> no, him. he says No, yes. But my dad used to follow me <laughs> around in his motorcycle. That's like, a fucking. Dad. That's just a classic Jim dad. Tyler. Such hardcore dad energy out of my father. I there like no, that. A lot. There were no lies in my house. Like There was just no way to get away with anything with my father. He knew yeah. everything.
3: He knew, it. And he, <laughs> like, yeah. uh, he just—he was. And did he, he, was just did he approach there. you though? Did he approach you, or was it like when you get? I home? think I just saw him, and I went. I like, oh, I went. Oh,
4: <laughs> you <laughs> ate the cigarette. Yeah, and
2: exactly. he. Yeah, from a Pulled distance, it, you, you know, just know, saw like, yeah. him oozing yeah. disappointment. Just so just disgusting. Yeah. Just
4: spent. Yeah, so much yeah. of my childhood disgusted with me.
2: God, yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love a dad that just <laughs> to even has the time
4: yeah yeah. I don't know he's like he's like the Terminator like he worked he was like, he was in construction so you'd get up at three he'd go be at work at like four he'd come yeah. home at like three or four in the afternoon he'd be exhausted but somehow you know whenever I was doing dirt my dad was across the street yeah, he knew where you <laughs> like, were like teach, I love it like
0: teach you fucking thousand man just waiting yeah.
4: for me to fuck up
1: When you
2: when you said that your when your parents split and you were raised uh by your dad, how did that like come to be? Was that like were I whenever I see that in a TV show or a movie where like the kid is like given the choice, I'm always like like even just saying it out loud now my palms are like sweating because of the stressful anxiety oh, yeah. of what that even is, but is that what you you went through? It was like where would you like to stay or how how did that happen?
4: I always I have this joke that like, you know, it's only white people that like kick the kids back and forth, you know what I mean? And fight, like, black <laughs> people are just poor, it's not even white people, it's just rich people. Poor people are like, okay, how the fuck are we going to work this out? <laughs> right,
1: uh, right, right. Nobody got, right. no one has any money. How the fuck
4: do we do right. this? And that what was, do do? yeah, what do we do? Yeah. And that yeah. was it. It was like my, you know, my mom, like, you know, my parents didn't have money. My father could not afford child support. My mom was working. My dad was working. It was insane. There was no, like, fighting over money. There was no money. Right. So, right. you know, they decided they were each going to take one kid. And you know, my father was which one can care for itself, and that was me because I was the older one, and my mom was the younger one. That feels
2: like so much high anxiety for for everyone involved. Like, oh my god! Like that's it's uh, so
4: funny. Like, I don't know that I was anxious about it at all. Like, I yeah, okay. I I mean, like I'm really thinking back, and like you know what? Like injuries fade over time, but I just remember like. My it like my, my parents were like really forthcoming people. They're like, this is the deal. We really love yeah. each other. We can't figure it out. We're gonna break up. I remember being like, oh yeah, they gave it a try. I remember being very clear. Yeah. I was like, Oh, they gave it the old college try.
2: It's very yeah. mature. I think that's yeah, the it it's the yeah. It's just the truth. Yeah.
4: It's the truth. We really love each other. We don't want to be together anymore. We're always gonna love you guys. Uh, we can't afford to take both of you. And so, you know, your dad, you know, he's a guy, and you know, he's a great guy, but he probably needs the one that can like make its own sandwiches. So <laughs> <laughs> with
3: my, with my, well, because you'd probably have to like get yourself right. Ready for school in the morning, if your dad's leaving at three or four in the morning, right? Exactly.
2: That's the most dad statement that's yeah. ever <laughs> been said on this show. Is like, look, who can kind of do their own
3: thing? <laughs> <That's, yeah. laughs> who can make their own
4: sandwiches and like can figure out how to do their own homework? And yeah. that was me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, but later, it, you know, what was great was like I interviewed my dad for my podcast years uh-huh. ago, um, Girl on Guy, which is is retired, but you can still find it on the internet. And I asked him a lot about it, and he's he really. You know, it's so great to finally see your parents as people. Yes. Oh, that's like, so true. He, and he told so many great stories about being a parent because, you know, he was always really loving, but he was also like a little, you know, kind of a little, not remote. He just, he was your my father, right? So he had like an imperious quality to him. And it was so interesting to hear how vulnerable he felt as a single father, like how frightened he was mm. and yeah. how worried he was about making mistakes. But he said, like, he really needed me. He said, you know, like, I probably oh. would have just been, like, partying all the time. I and mean, I was, like, newly single. I would have been, like, totally, like, you know, running around like a maniac, which I get now that I'm, you know, older than he was when he took me because I run around like a maniac all the time. You know <laughs> what yeah. I mean? I don't have any kids, so... <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs>
3: okay.
4: But you know what I mean? How, how, <laughs>
2: how old is he at the time of, like, it being just you and him now? I
4: think that my dad was probably, like... Maybe thirty five or oh yeah God. yeah so like you know 35 he's so young. like young like super young right so like of yeah. course he would have been running around like a crazy person yeah. and he's like you just he's like you grounded me and you gave me like structure and it became really like things that were important to me kind of generally became really specifically important to me in terms of my relationship with you yeah. he's like you really saved me you say you helped me figure out my life because I had to yes. be very available for you and yeah. that was something that I never thought about back then at all you know it just. Yeah. My dad was either perfect or he wasn't giving me enough money, <laughs> yeah.
2: or he was stalking you to or see he if was you're creeping smoking around cigarettes. Like
4: two thousand, <laughs> yeah, totally terrifying. To He's still out my
2: always brand. just watching you from a distance, a hundred <laughs> yards. He's outside just, right now,
4: yeah. Yeah.
2: I I love that because I I mean, not only is there such an honesty in that, but what I I, I have a five year old daughter and I know exactly exactly is not the right word, but I know I know what where that sentiment comes from of how you grow and change and find structure from someone who's so much younger where we don't grow up to think that we can impart wisdom from people who are younger than us. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we live in a society where we don't think we can gain wisdom from someone who's five years younger than Mm -hmm. us. That's how our brains are. I I I, I think it's why our country is the way it is. We don't open our eyes to younger ideas. I mean, look who's running for president. Oh my God, seriously. (laughs)
4: It's like, we're not curious about other people and we we're just so confident in our own point of view that we that like we we'll yeah. reject even like evidentiary information in favor of like reinforcing our own worldview. And I think that's yes. why you know like bipartisanship has died and we're so combative because like people can't they can't tolerate cognitive dissonance, right? So like I believe something and then you present me with evidence that like refutes that belief and instead of just being like huh oh shit maybe I yeah. should like learn yes. a little bit more about this maybe I should be open minded we just go well fuck you and fuck your ideas
3: I'm right. Yeah, and, I'm older. We always yeah, just Yeah, we older. retrench. We retrench. Well, everyone's like so uncomfortable yeah. to be wrong. Yeah. Right? Like to just admit yes. like, oh, I was actually wrong. Yeah, exactly. And then you have, yeah. to, sit, like, you have to sit with that. You have to sit in that moment. It's such a lack like, of maturity, oh, right? Well, we live in a right.
2: country where we're so afraid to give the car keys to younger people. And when I say younger people, I'm talking about 50-year-olds.
4: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, oh, that guys he's only 44. What does he Yeah. Is, you know. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, I think that like the thing I'm learning as I get older, I don't know, you guys are noticing this is like, well, first of all, I like myself more maybe because I've just stopped giving a shit. But also, uh, like, I really do know how to do things better than I did when I was younger. Do you know what I mean? Like, without a like, I know best, I'm just like, oh, God, this is so much easier now than it used to be. And it's just because I've lived a long time and I've made a million mistakes. Right. And like, and like, so I'm just like, I'm not afraid to make mistakes again, but most people are so terrified of looking wrong, uh, that Mm -hmm. they'll just either not try something because of fear of failure or even when they fail, they, like you said, they won't admit when they're wrong, which I think like the, the mark of maturity has been like, well, I fucked that
2: shit up, yes, but I'm going to
4: learn and I'm going to do it better next time. It's like, we Mm -hmm. just get the first part and no one wants to do the second.
2: Yeah. Admitting yeah. you're wrong and being wrong is the most relatable thing. No one understands the person who's always right because it's so insanely ridiculous. Because it, it doesn't exist.
4: I mean, this president is yeah. a perfect example, right? Like he just, he just, yeah, <laughs> right. he just say what the fuck he wants all the time and he'll say something completely different than the thing he said the day before. And he insists both yeah. things are true. But it's, it's all the so other insane. people that keep buying like a new bag of shit from him every single day that I, I yeah. really, I worry right. about not in a dismissive way. Like they're just normal people trying to live their lives. I'm like, But like, how are you just like buying like a different line from this guy every day? Without, yeah. without questioning it. And what does that say about you and your own worldview that it's so in your whole
3: life yes.
2: And your own brain. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. like,
4: think for yourself.
2: You know? Age of Aquarius, dude. We're entering into that <laughs> age of honesty,
4: truth, would love information. <laughs> <Yep>. Mercury in <laughs> retrograde. Something about Mercury this. is <laughs> in <laughs> retrograde grade been, grade right now. Mercury's been in retrograde for about a decade.
2: It's all, that's, whenever something's wrong, someone's like, Mercury's in retrograde. It's like, shut that's the fuck. That's just where it you lives. Got, yeah,
4: you got fucking spell check, bitch. Don't play Mercury <laughs> reread your fucking essay yeah, yeah. leave Mercury alone you signed, you signed a what? bad lease yeah it's, not, yeah it's not the planet's fault you're lackadaisical
2: right uh going back to what you're saying of, of like mistakes and stuff I think that world of stand-up comedy really uh teaches you that because there's no way to there there is no path to being a successful comic without horrifically embarrassing and failing so many times to the point where it can't touch you anymore. Yeah. And then you can do it. And then you're like, oh, oh, this crowd doesn't like me. Well, then I will fucking rip them apart. I and will they you. Like, <laughs> and then they'll like you. And then they like you because they can't touch you. And they don't even know, they don't even understand that collectively they are touching, that they are kind of bothering <laughs> mm-hmm. you.
4: I feel like you encapsulated stand-up Perfectly. Like that, like I I I say that a lot. I like whenever like maybe comics would ask me about it. And then like I wrote a whole book about failure um called self-inflicted wounds that was literally about what like, yes. you said, which is that the path to greatness, it, it's through failure. Like you you have to you have to fail, you have to embrace it like aggressively. Yeah. And you know, that that success is not the absence of failure, but persistence through failure. But I don't think it's you know, I mean, I think that applies like in any endeavor, but I think it's yes. stand up more than anything, like you cannot get funny if you are not bombing. Like bombing, yeah. it, you, there's just no way to be to become like truly confident and truly self-aware as a comic without just yeah. like literally perishing over and over on stage until, like you said, you're bulletproof. But even yeah. more than that, like you realize that like even in failure, like you have control over how you react and also eventually you realize you have control over how the audience reacts. It's yes. only when you fear them that you lose control of an audience.
2: Because they sense it.
4: Yeah, yeah. And you, you sense yeah. it. I mean, you start to, even if you don't know, you start to there start to be these like subtle physical and visual cues that indicate to them that you're out of control. Yeah. Did you start in San Francisco? I did. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Which was a great place to start at the time. I don't really... I can't really speak to the culture there now, but like it was a really good place. I mean, it was really tough. It was a really tough city. Oh my God. Really, really hard. I
2: mean, it's San Francisco and New York City or and Boston. I feel like those three. And then for other stuff, Chicago. But like definitely San Francisco in that boom of... murder. (laughs)
4: <laughs> yeah, so it was just so hard to get any like to get any stage time there. It was just I mean it was so yeah. it was so gatekeepy and it was so competitive, and also it was very you know hipstery like really like one kind of comedy work there, and anybody was outside of that framework was like really looked down upon, um, yeah. which was fine like it was what it was. But I remember like w- there were all those sad kind of open mics and like weird places, and there was one at this. Washing mat called, uh, or like or you know, like laundromat called wash, uh, brainwash.
2: Is this the one Patton started or like oh, used yeah. to like?
4: Everybody, it, like that. I was that's my class. Like,
2: I love that we call it a yeah. class. I say that to so many people and they don't yeah. understand it, but it's like, no, it's like school where you, like you kind of came up with a class and that's your crew, and for the rest <laughs> of your lives you feel this bond because. You went through the shit at the same time. At the exactly. Same, like,
3: sort of exactly. I almost did you go to high school with Patton? No. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. It's kind. It's of like that though. Of it's com- right. comedy school. Yeah. Totally. Did your uh, did your dad ever come to shows? Like, was that ever like uh, Hey, I'm starting to do this. Do you want to see? Yeah. What oh, this yeah. looks was like? Was he
3: surprised too? Because you were you were so bookish and mm-hmm. like into like school. So oh yeah. His perspective. A, he, yeah, like, he was yeah. He was probably like fuck? I thought she was gonna become like a scientist. <laughs> oh yeah. Deeply deeply just a Another, An anthropologist. Another item in like, a
4: long litany of deeply disappointing what? choices that i have <laughs> <No, laughs> right. no, no, parents saying. No. Like we sacrifice for this bullshit.
2: Um <laughs> I'm sorry, you're yeah. making booze and you're giving <laughs> yeah.
4: speeches. The like, fuck? I'm here. <laughs> so you've decided to be a, a clown. Is that it? A clown? Yeah. yeah. Uh my my father and my mother came to a very early set of mine at the Punchline in San Francisco and it was my first big book set there it took me forever to get onto that stage and yeah. I invited them and I I, I literally had like a, a uh, was it Jan on the quiz show kind of moment where she freezes when she sees oh. the red light, I <laughs> right. could yeah. see my mother's glasses like uh. reflecting in. It was like it was like a drawing from a Watchmen comic. I could just see the lenses like shining out of the darkness, and yeah. I I completely froze. And I had like yeah. you know like it like it wasn't even a bad set. It was like a non set. Like I couldn't finish. And so then, for years, my parents were banned from my from my standup shows. In fact, anyone yeah. I knew was banned from my stand-up shows because it was I just it just killed me. Yeah, um, and I was like a real I like, was like a baseball player back then. like I had to, I had lucky socks and I had a lucky shirt. I had to eat oh, yeah. this before the set and all that stuff. So it took a long time before my I would allow my parents to come see me again. And I think the yeah. second time my father came to see me might have been when I was doing the San Francisco comedy competition. I think his comment was something like, well, you're going to have to get a whole lot
2: funnier to keep up with these guys. <laughs> Her dad's... Dad, wow. There's something about it where you're
3: like, well, fuck you. But then as you yeah. get older, you're like, you know what? good for
2: you. Right. Reasonable. Yeah. Bullshit. Yeah. You're not reasonable bullshitting.
3: <laughs> yeah. Is he funny? Is your dad Oh my funny? God, my dad yeah.
4: is so fucking hilarious. Is he like I mean, one-liners
3: or imitations? My or... father
4: is like the most naturally funny person in the entire world. And he is... He's the guy that will, like, tear off the tablecloth at a dinner party (laughs) and, like, leap up (laughs) to tell a story. And his stories Uh, are all incredibly filthy, I, I, you know, there's so many of them, but it was.
2: <laughs> I don't know if it's the booze, swear, but I'm falling I'm t- in love I know. with your dad. I'm, <laughs>
3: like, I'm telling you, Aisha, I wish you were single. I'm sure your stepmom is wonderful. I'm going to call uh, your dad life, tonight, but I understand a lot yeah. of people are falling, falling <laughs> in love. Motorcycle joints, comedy, <laughs> ripping tablecloth, <called> Jim <laughs> Tyler, Jesus, damn gosh,
2: Jim, He's Jim so lives funny. it up.
4: Yeah. He, he he goes. So, there's so many stories, about, but but the, and I don't even remember the exact setup. But my father was a construction worker for most of my life. And at one point they were working on a on a, a job site. Where there, do you remember that there was like a an endangered owl that was like back in like the in like the 90s oh. I think there was mm-hmm. like some endangered owl like a snowy owl or a spotted owl that was like endangered in California, and there was some kind of restriction on the site and there's a lot there's like construction sites are like hellholes right it's just yeah. like like toxic masculinity like on fleek <laughs> and you know everybody's just like walking around trying to slap each other in the face with their dicks and uh, and it's also incredibly <laughs> racist I mean you know like like people yeah. like you know I mean, it was just like it was the worst. I I just the like the, the dick so slapping, dick just best. some dick slapping. If you weren't getting going slapped going in,
3: in the face with a random dick, someone was yeah. calling you a name. I what? want two TV shows from this podcast: yeah, one of you and know. your dad growing up, and one of slapping dicks slapping and faces dicks at a construction <laughs> site. <laughs> exactly.
4: And we're working you're, on a
3: development thing right now. You're just yeah. sitting down to eat your nice bologna sandwich, <laughs> yeah. and pop, you get smacked in the face of the dick. <laughs> yeah. And then you
4: go back to your car, you know, because because yeah. you, you want to eat a piece, and someone's dropped a cinder block with your windshield. Yeah. I and mean, they're just like treacherous treacherous places. Yeah. But they got in a fight about, uh, on the website and the foreman was like yelling at my dad about something and it, somehow the spot it all came up and my father, oh my <laughs> and then, this is not even as funny as I think it is, but it's just, this is my father to a T goes, you know what? I'll fuck the spotted owl and I'll fuck you too.
2: Classic line from my dad. He's just trying to show, like, look, I'm Incredible. crazy, endangered or not. I don't give a I fuck. Give a I was the fuck.
4: slotted dicks in the face with my dick, the spotted owl in the face of my dick. I was slap you with the face of my dick. I will oh say that God. one interesting thing that happened when I was a kid was my father, who had always been just like a laborer, when I was in the um, I feel like when I was in the eighth grade, but it must have been later, it must have been in high school, he mm-hmm. went back to become an uh, operating engineer. And uh, oh. which is like a pretty, you know, that- my dad is a really smart guy, but like grew up in Pittsburgh, very poor, and only finished the eighth grade. So he's just one of those people that just is like naturally started really, working like, like, right, right away. Smart. Yeah, started working. Had to mm-hmm. work to support his family. Yeah. His father yeah. died, like when he was really young, in a military-related death that I actually don't really know much about. And so it was yeah. just my dad and four sisters and his mom. And so he started working in high school.
3: Wow. And
4: so he when he finally went back to get this certificate so that he could be a, a crane operator he it was all math i mean it was just incredibly you know complex geometry and so um one one of that. like the most like important parts of my childhood was like helping my dad with his math homework yeah which i did for the whole time that he was in this program
3: i'm telling you i am so show, aisha i want this to be a show <laughs>
2: It is. Show. This is a show.
3: It is. It, I want I, this to be a show. <laughs> like you helping your dad with his mouth. It was,
4: It's like was one of the best times of my life. You know, because my dad had always
0: been taking care of me. It was really lovely to do that with him.
2: What do you think was that catalyst of your dad going from like that, that blue collar Pittsburgh life, which always just, I have such a specific image in my head, probably just from playing in Pittsburgh, but that, that very specific blue collar image and then like getting into that, that more hippie lifestyle, like to take that plunge God, I'm really falling in love with Jim today. I, really Jim, is, what I'm, Jim is pretty special. What you. was that turning point? Do you think? Has he ever? Has he ever said that? I
4: think he was yeah. just a bohemian soul, right? Like okay, I mean, yeah. You know when he was young, like after, like like when he was around eighteen. One of his sisters had moved from Pittsburgh to DC and he just wanted to explore the world. So he moved there too. And he was always an, he was always very artistic. He became, he was a photographer. So he was this was during the, you know, our, our first. Well, we've had a lot of civil rights movements, but during our first great civil rights <laughs> They're movement. Ongoing. We're in the middle of yeah. our second. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. And um, and he was he was he was filming. Taking photos of all of these protests and and like or orga- oh, like shit. these organizers, and my mom was a member of the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, so he was. That's how he met her. Um, he was shooting these meetings between civil rights, uh, activists and uh, like the Klan. And he was oh, wow. taking photos of these, these summits that were happening back then. And that's how we met my mom. She was a student at Howard university and she was an organizer and a freedom writer. And I think that like, you know, she was even more of a, of kind of a Bobo than he was, you know, and they, and they came together and were both just very Bohemian spirits and then got married and, and moved to California. So, you know, oh, that classic amazing. kind of and I think that's the thing, right? About curiosity. Like, like you don't right. have to, you don't have to have had an interesting experience to want an interesting experience. And I sure. think we mm-hmm. continually paint people with the brush of what where they're from rather than the brush of like where they want to go. And I think that like the idea of saying to yourself and others, like I don't know everything, I want to learn more about the world, I'm open. Is really self-defining versus what we hear a lot of people say, which is like, "I know everything. I've experienced everything. I need yes. to experience. I, I'm fully baked." I mean, I want to be figuring shit out for the rest of my life, and I'm fully yeah. willing yeah. to admit that I, I I shit the bed on a regular basis, uh, and then I typically fling it at somebody and blame them. But I, <laughs> you know, like that—that that you're open, you know, that you're open to, right. know, to 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 admitting that you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. Um, which I think is a really like a lo- like lost right now in modern culture. You know,
2: oh, I agree I, so much because I think it's also that that is that it's not just maturity it's something uh, it, it's something else it's like deeply embedded in the the soul to actually be like this, this isn't where this my heart my soul is not here it's not in this lifestyle it's not in this thing i am someone else and i'm i'm willing to take that that leap to go try something completely different i think yeah. when you see you see someone go from you know for instance your dad going from Blue collar, working class Pittsburgh, which I feel like is just very the, working d- class. the very, definition very, yeah. of that, you know. Um, and then going from that and being like, "Oh, I'm gonna," my heart is not here. It's I'm doing this artistic endeavor, and then I'm ending up in this completely opposite lifestyle somewhere else. I I, I think there's actually a lot of courage in that because I, I think a lot of people have that in them that their heart isn't where they should be. But yet they don't have the, the the confidence or the courage or the means. You know, some mm-hmm. people just aren't given the means to do it mm-hmm. to to take that leap to go, oh, I think my actual soul and my actual life is somewhere else. Somewhere
4: else, yeah. Or or I don't know, or I don't know where it is, but
3: I'm gonna get out here and try to I'm
2: gonna look for it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And yeah. being
3: okay with that that you don't know. Right. Yeah. yeah. That, I think it goes yeah. back to what we were saying too about people wanting to be right all the time, like being okay with saying, like, I just don't know who I am yet. And maybe that's evolving our whole lives. <laughs> you know, that's you the hope thing. so. Like, don't you think yeah. like, right. the, I think the worst thing I, and I think that's what's
4: exciting about like who my father is now, who both of my parents are now really, but who, is yeah. that like they are continue, they continue to be open to new things. But I always think about like the worst thing I, the, the, to me, the worst thing would be to wake up one day and be like, not curious about anything at all. And be like,
3: I'm terrified of that. Like just being like, eh, you know, same and i think it like keeps you forever young as well like mm-hmm. you're constantly curious and just the minute that i wake up and i don't care about anything else i'm like oh i'm an old lady you did it right? you like did, I, yeah he went I, over the I, edge yeah. Yeah. right yeah, yeah. And it just keeps you keeps you young and and keeps life exciting I, my, both of my parents are very,
4: they're like very open and I think that's what is kept them like, really, they're both very kind of young for their age. My mm-hmm. mom, um, even though this is a show about dads, my mom just moved to LA a little while ago and, um... She's hilarious, and they're both. My <laughs> I love that great. both
2: your parents are funny. I love yeah. that they're both
4: hilarious. They're both hilarious <laughs> yeah. in their own way. My mother's much more acerbic. My father is just like he's he's the performative one. But right. uh, I, my mom uh, has a full sleeve tattoo that she just finished a couple of years ago. <laughs> oh, yeah, how old is she? She's seventy-five.
3: Well, I was like, we don't have to say her age.
0: Seventy-five. 75. <laughs> she don't
3: mind. She's yeah,
4: seventy-five.
0: <laughs> full <laughs> a sleeve, full tattoo, sleeve tattoo. That's the
4: tattoo? best. So I'm like, she has a sleeve. I'm like, oh, she got when she was a kid. I'm like, no, bitch, she finished yeah. it last year. She just got <laughs> yeah. finished Fresh last year. Fresh It's fresh, and I took her to my tattoo shop because she wanted to get another tattoo. I was getting a tattoo, and she wanted to get another one. And we were hanging out there and drinking a Guinness. Um, Yes, God, my mom and (laughs) I were drinking a Guinness. I have so much jealousy brewing. Oh my
2: God, my mom is available. Yeah, she's awesome. Yeah, so we're in
4: there, we're we're drinking pints of Guinness, and then my mom gets her first tattoo, and she goes, "Well, you know, I'm here. I might as well get this other one." So my mom gets two (laughs) tattoos in one day. Twitch hold on hold day. on hold on how how
2: old is she when this happens 74 no. See that's what I yeah, love the I love and it And in a year, she has a sleeve. But at seventy-four, yeah. you go, why don't I just get the other one? It's like, yeah, of she's, course. She's what are you me. waiting she's like, on? I'm
4: here, we might as well just get the other one Never What, what yeah. are you waiting but on? She gets so, so, this, so this. Her left arm is a full sleeve all the way down to the hand. Her, her, her right arm, she gets like her her Buddhist name in kan, like kanji, but like her whole arm, like her whole upper arm is like giant kanji. And then she oh gets this God. giant neck tattoo. And and like, the tattoo uh, shop that I go to is almost all men. And they're yeah. like, dude, your mom's insane, bro. So hardcore she's yeah. so she's so hardcore like literally they were like they couldn't believe it yeah. so yeah. you know I mean I think that that curiosity is like so and like I think people would be like well she's so why's she doing them now I'm like what's she saving it for now like now the time what do you right? mean now, now?
2: Like, why not smoke now smoke them if
3: you fucking she, got them kids ex- she moved to LA and she got a sleeve of tattoos she's on like, fire
2: <laughs> honestly I'm also kind of scared
3: <laughs> I mean don't fuck
4: with her don't fuck with her both of my parents, both of my parents this is the best my, my dad is like the guy like he used to taking it back to my dad. My dad is also the guy that, until he was like in his sixties, would break up fights. Like he would in the neighborhood break up fights between neighbor kids. Oh, you know, yeah. he'd like intervene and stuff. Yes. He was like, the mayor. He's always been the mayor of the neighborhood. And then yeah. at one point, he's like, "Okay, look. First of all, I'm getting too old to do this. But first of all, you never do this because typically when you break right. up a fight, they both turn on you and beat the shit out of you. But my dad <laughs> yes. is like big and imposing, so he was never really worried about it.
0: And gym. he was always
4: <laughs> breaking up the. I mean, Jim. Jim is like. Gym. Jim adds value, guys. Jim no. always adds value. Both Jim them. Jim are Jim breaks up, legends. just a peacekeeper, <laughs> just, like just the stepping the in, guys, here. guys. We mm-hmm. can yeah. talk this out. And he, and
2: also keep in mind, he's stepping in, breaking up fights, super fucking high. He is yeah, very yeah. Like high super when he's stone,
4: doing... so he can't even feel it if he hit him. Right? He's <laughs> like, <laughs> delayed reaction. He's like juggernaut. He feels nothing. Just, <laughs> yeah, he got just he's got Pink Floyd
2: <laughs> going on uh-huh. fucking repeat in his. He's an
4: equalizer
3: because it's kind of like
4: it's easy, guys. Why is everybody so upset? Everybody, yeah, hey guys, here's a joint. They're like oh, you know what? He's right.
2: <laughs> yeah. He's right. He's Let's right. He's along. always right. Yeah. Let's just right. get along. Let's just talk. Why don't we talk about it?
4: <laughs> I try to think of, like, when he stopped. I don't know why I brought that up, but he, when he stopped breaking up fights. Oh, it was probably, like, it probably was his 60s. But one of the last fights he broke up was, like, a guy being mean to his girlfriend, hitting his girlfriend. Oh, well, yeah. And he came out, and he told <laughs> the guy yeah. to be off. And the guy took a swing at my dad, and he connected... <sighs> And then my dad literally oh my. he he is he is juggernaut. He like just hit this guy yeah. with like this kind of you know uh, yeah like just this like, giant, right like you know barrel of a fist right. and yeah. like just like you know and the guy was young like he was twenty five. Like come on, old man. The guy was like yeah ah, just yeah. dropped yeah. the kid it's to like, the ground. And then he got home and he's like you know. Should probably stop doing. That. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. The next might. kid might, the next kid might just not like take a miss swing. Like it might be more serious. Yeah, he doesn't do it anymore. Oh, but, I love yeah, that so was, much. Yeah, he just he was. Himself. Well, there's no. I mean, Mayor, you see someone.
2: When it's a man and a woman, it's like if you don't yeah. jump in, yeah. Yeah, you, no, you can't live with yourself. No. You're just like, oh, and I ran to the car. Yeah, and then I, oh, I, oh, left. I or just I just like, scared. oh, did you?
4: I frantically okay dialed nine one one as I was locking <laughs> the yeah.
2: vehicle and I left and I went home and had a milkshake. Yeah, yeah. I did
3: yeah. you? Was it all right? I, I no, something out of tells me your dad will be doing that well into his nineties. Oh yeah, <laughs> if now if he now he's He's got a baseball bat in the trunk.
4: You know what I mean? Just if anything ever anything pops off, yeah, he's just
3: he's just pivoted.
2: He's just pivoted. He's like, all right, you know what? What am I doing without a weapon?
4: The upshot of this podcast is, don't fuck with Jim Tyler. Yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> don't fuck with Jim. That's, that's the be name the, of this. That's podcast. the title of this
4: episode.
3: don't
2: Absolutely. fuck with Jim fuck Tyler. With Jim Tyler. Oh, yeah. He's got a crowbar and a bat, and just <laughs> yes. and, but like a bat with like spikes in it. Like he's yeah. old like school a, prepared. We might like a, a super superhero poster for <laughs> <item. laughs>
4: confirm or deny. But I will say this is what, this will let me. To, so he came down to LA like three or four years ago for the premiere of my first feature that I directed. It was so mm-hmm. cute and um you know he lo- he just loves people he like he's in his element he can tell stories mm-hmm. to everybody everybody yeah. loves my dad so um we're talking for a while and he says oh i've got to go they're waiting for me i'm like who's what he was? he's like my <laughs> audience I'm like they're my audience dad this is <laughs> my <stop> party <laughs> this is not your party dad <laughs>
2: He goes up and does time before the film <laughs> yeah, starts.
4: Yeah. A tight five that he's been working on for yeah. a while. <laughs> I know you guys are gonna
2: watch the movie, but I know you're here I, for I, me. and tell you a
4: little what, bit about my kids.
2: You've done so many things. Has there ever been a point in your, your dad's life where has he ever like sat down? Like, have you seen it in his eyes where he's like, What the fuck is your like I, I can't believe I am 50% responsible for the creation of you? And then this is what you you went and did with it. Like it's bizarre. <laughs> is he that kind of person? Is he? that like hey let me open up and, and tell you and the only reason i asked is because the hippie thing i feel like yeah you know they, they're more vulnerable i feel like and i i i don't know that i'm a hippie but i definitely lean that way right. when it comes to vulnerability and i just wonder like is it do you have that kind of relationship with him where he's like asia you know, what it's the fuck are you doing
4: <laughs> I, you know what's so weird is like i don't we've never had precisely that conversation yeah and um So, 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 so there are two answers to that or three. The first is that we never had precisely that conversation. I work really hard to try to like make myself available to him. Yeah. Um, I feel like he was so available to me when I was young and that's like, it's, and I'm, you know, busy now. And and so like, I'm really working hard, especially because he's in his seventies to like, just be kind of like, just show up at my dad's and like sit in the backyard and, you know. A million enchiladas, percent. right? Just like be yeah. available to my dad. Um, yes. but we never really talk about that stuff, we just kind of hang out. And uh, where I'm getting like the casual time I had with my dad, you know, like 30 years ago, and
2: I'm trying yeah. to have that again. Um, and also, side note, these are chicken enchiladas from her company. She yes. makes yes, chicken enchiladas, <laughs>
4: <laughs> Adobo yeah. and Stone. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, I <I'd> buy it. <laughs> um, I do think he, I do think that he sees that like. My, my peripatetic nature comes from his. Like, he's always a real, like, a worker and a hustler. And, you know, he yeah. was... And I think he knows that I've uh, gotten his work ethic. And whenever he says congratulations, I always make a point of saying, like, you know, I'm this way because of you. I, You know, I'd like, I yeah. learned it from yes. you. Because uh. he says, like, God, you're such a hustler. You're such a worker. And I'm like, Dad, like, I got this, this ethic, work ethic from you. Like, this is why yeah. I'm this way. Yeah. Because um, I think sometimes also when you're a parent... Um, I, I'm not a parent, but I, I hear this from my mom right. more because she's a little bit more divulgent uh, like about her inner life. That like she's sure. like I made a lot of mistakes. I'm like you made no mistakes. Like you were a human being. You love the shit out of us. You got it done. I don't I don't really nurse like a lot. Of, you know I don't I don't have any I don't nurse any resentments.
3: Yeah. And
4: I, so it's important to me remind my parents like oh like you're looking back and picking all the things that you think you did wrong. I'm just here to remind you about everything that you did right. You know. Yeah. Um, were
3: you always like that? Did you get to a certain point, were you ever angry with them? And, oh, I'm such, I was furious with my father.
4: Cause, oh, yeah.
3: So pissed. Because I, lo- I love that. I've, that's I'm, that's I'm, nature. I'm hearing you say that right now, and I'm like, i got to write these notes down and then call my parents and apologize <laughs> gotta to them. i got to call my dad and, right now. i got to call my dad. i got to call my mom and be like, I'm sorry. You guys are just human I'm beings. So I'm sorry. really sorry. I know sorry. you were doing the best you could. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> like... <laughs>
4: But, I mean, like my mom is always like, "Oh, I've been drinking old like, fashioned yeah, all I'm, afternoon."
2: I'm I'm I love drunk, you so much. I'm hanging
4: out
3: with Aisha Tyler all day, <laughs> but I love you guys so much. I can't hug you. But I just want you to know, what I'm yeah, yeah. But you're just a human being. You're trying your best. I'm sorry, such an asshole. Yeah. Think
0: about I'm it this.
4: Sorry. Way. Like, think about like all the ink. Ang- like, I was super mad at my dad. Like, I didn't speak to him for a while when I was in high school. You know, like I felt like when I went away to college, like the way that we that like our that relationship ended was like really painful for me. And mm-hmm. you know, yes. I think uh, like yeah. I was mad at him. That he wasn't more like loving about it, like you know, he made me sell my fucking car. I was so pissed off yeah. at him, you know, like I was pissed. Um,
1: yeah. And
4: then I just remember one day, like uh, being around a friend of mine who, like, maybe had lost their dad or the dad was really sick, and I just said, "Shit, if my fat dad fucking dies, and like yeah. this is where it ends, like I'm gonna really regret it." And yeah. and I I just decided to forgive him for the stuff I was pissing him about, and what I realized then, which is something I really believe in now, it's just like, look, if you've got stuff to work out, like it's important to work it out, but. But for the yes. most part, being angry with someone is just really like like sitting in your own, your own poison all day long, yes. right? And 100%. your parents are just people and you don't realize that until you're their age and you go, oh shit, they were like caring for a person? I haven't put on pants in three weeks. Yeah. And I'm <laughs> mad at them that they fucked up a little bit. Like... Dude, yeah. do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, like yeah, I yeah, but you hate
2: pants. I yeah. mean, that's I not really your fuck pants. You gotta fuck, forgive fuck yourself. pants. Twenty twenty is really yeah, that, is my hashtag for this year. That's your yeah. that's your slogan <laughs> you know? in twenty twenty four. Fuck pants. So no, like, once, that's so <laughs> true though? Like
4: once yeah, once you're their age when they were mm-hmm. when they were literally responsible for your life and you realize like yeah. how little you know, you just go okay, like. Uh, you loved me, you did your best, you were a human right. being. I could yeah, I could relitigate this shit for the rest of our lives, or I could just put it down and we could move on and I could have the time with you be something different than what it was before. Yeah. And and that, you know, I decided I decided to do that very young. And mm-hmm. then um That is
2: so I like I mean it's it's not surprising. You were reading books on the back of motorcycles. Right. <laughs> the fact that you're reading books on the back of motorcycles, it's no surprise to me that you had that rev, that very like intellectual fucking revelation that. People don't have forever, but at a very young age to realize like, ah, fuck, you just have to let that stuff go... And move on. There's people whose lifetimes they don't ever let it go. You also also
4: think you're letting them off the hook. You're not. You're letting yourself off the hook. You're freeing yourself from carrying around this bag of shit that you've been nursing your whole life, Mm -hmm. which I'm not even telling that your grievances aren't legitimate. I'm just saying, like, is this what you want to hold on to for the rest of your life? And if your parents were abusive or, you know, are cruel or remain that way, that's a different conversation. If you're just pissed off that, like, you know, your dad made you sell your fucking mint ass opal yeah. manta <laughs> which was some bullshit
2: fuck jim now i hate <laughs> <Jim>. now yeah
4: and <laughs> yeah. wanted room
3: for all his motorcycles and my cars now, <laughs> now i'm 180 like, on jim <laughs> yeah. i like- know I, i'm glad he has i'm glad you have a stepmom she sounds know, great. She's Lu- great lucky she's her Bible. yeah i'm not interested in him anymore <laughs>
4: uh, yeah but you know that it's just like it's just you're just you just decided that you're gonna what's the old saying like drinking poison and hoping it kills the other person you're, yeah. just, <laughs> you're just gonna be sick the rest of your life like put it down yeah. Yeah.
2: you start to realize that no one really knows what they're doing Because when you are a kid, you are like, oh, parents know the rules and parents know the process and parents know the thing. And then you go stay at a friend's house and you're like, oh, their parents are like that. They must know better. And then at a very young age, and I want to say probably around... Five or six or whenever you have your first sleepover and you see how other parents (laughs) are, if you think they're doing better than what your parents are doing, you start to think your parents are fucking assholes (laughs) and it festers and it festers. And then you get to high school and you're like, all these other parents are great. And then you hit like your 30s and you go... Oh, fuck. No parents are great. No Actually, parents yeah. are great. No they're all The best parents are okay. They're okay. The Charlotte. best parents in the world are okay parents.
4: And also the parents who think they're awesome all universally suck ass. Yeah. All these parents <laughs> running around thinking they've got it dialed are total fucking pricks. Don't oh. talk to me about your your weird fucking rules about gluten. My kids yeah. never come into your house.
3: You're a creep. Yes.
2: As someone who, who has lost their father, I will say to have that like recognition of knowing like... Like what whatever petty things people have in their mind of being like, well, I'm mad at my dad for like this thing i I now know from the other side of it that that truly no joke once they are gone, you truly realize how meaningless any sort of uh you know confrontation or how meaningless any opposite opinions or how meaningless so many things are. And and also a lot of people are in that position of going, yeah, I never told my dad, dot, dot, dot. Mm-hmm. So it actually is like great when you hear someone like yourself say, yeah, I, I have this relation with my dad because at an early age I realized what it was. I think a lot of people just don't realize what the relationship actually uh actually is. And, yes, and once you realize on. what it is, it can become something really Really great and really right. meaningful. I'm going to actually start to call Jim my dad. And you give can, him he's ring he, he you guys, he's got love enough for everybody. It's,
4: really, it's, honestly, it's, I'm not a big enough audience for him. Uh, we're, <laughs> so he really, he, 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 we're, he, we're he coming it, for Thanksgiving. We'll it. all get yeah. tested. I'm yeah. love it. We'll get yeah. tested.
2: We'll show up. Yeah.
4: I mean, I think like you made such a good point, Rory. Like, I feel like. I feel like I I, I realized, I was lucky that I realized like, okay, I'm just going to make sure I say the stuff to my dad that I need to say and the rest of it, I'm going to let go. I I guess I do wonder, like, do you, you, are you a different father now because of like those realizations? Do Do you parent differently?
2: One, You know, one million percent. I think when you have a, a kid, you sort of, it's so strange. Immediately, you forgive your parents. <laughs> no, like, maybe, like not maybe not out loud. Yeah. But, yeah. Maybe <laughs> not out loud. You can't show all your cards. <laughs> yeah, I'm a comedian. I can't you give it all away. You keep a word. couple in the chamber. I get it. Yeah, but there there are elements of how it changes you as uh, a parent to to realize, you know, especially me as a dad, I know how fucked up dads are. And mm-hmm. I have a, <laughs> I have a daughter <laughs> and I know, I, and I'm so grateful that I have a daughter because I'm fully aware that they're, they're just historically seems to be this better relationship <laughs> of like dads with their, their daughters, because I think men are like, and, and it's no surprise. I think men actually know how to talk to women better than they know how to talk to men. I'm talking about evolved men.
4: Right, right. know how to talk to women women. each other.
2: Mm-hmm. Better than they know how to talk to each other because mm-hmm. of that sort of alpha dynamic that fucks everything up and it right. fucks up progress and so many things that when men talk to women, you're like, oh, th- th- you seem like a different person. Like, with if I had a son, you know, you get into this traditional mindset of what you need to instill in them. I with a daughter, I'm a like, oh, that's fish. not what yeah. we're about. We're about having a great fucking relationship and it's mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's so great. But yeah, I, I carry a lot of that. You, I, I think that's just what... Time is you start to realize you're just this link in this giant yeah. chain of people that just gets passed on and whatever you do is just is what you do. And I think that's why uh you know, if my and I'm not trying to blow smoke up your ass, but if my daughter <laughs> in however much time from now is like, I have my own uh liquor brand, <laughs> I'm gonna be like, Jesus, that's fucking crazy crazy but then also i'll know i'll never need to buy liquor again and that's that's really that's that's
4: really the. the, i'm gonna give you i'm gonna give you since you have a a young daughter i'm gonna give you all the i'm gonna give you the advice of my dad this feels like a nice parting shot that my dad would give him when i would leave the house from school so my dad was like a big aphorism guy like a big sayings guy and he would always like give me these little sayings when i would leave and um, one of his favorite ones was keep your grades and your draws up (laughs) <laughs> uh, that was a favorite, a favorite of my father. Uh, yeah. Um, so and then, good. Uh, Yeah. So you had a million of them, uh, but, but I would leave and, and I was going to leave in like the house to go to school. Uh, he would go, whose day is it? And I would have to go, it's my day. And then he'd go, and what are you going to do? And I have to go grab it by the balls. Yeah. <laughs> and then he'd go, and then what are you going to do? i go, and twist, and twist. <laughs>
2: And look at you!
4: Yeah. So there you go. That is why I have my own. And company. look at you, courage of, yeah, and
2: stone.
4: Yeah, not every morning. We now,
2: we now know what this means. Courage <laughs> yes, and stone. We now so know.
3: Twist life by and the twist
4: and twist and twist. Uh. <laughs>
2: Thank you so much for being on the show today. Yes, this was fucking you. so great. It was, a and blast. the fact that we got to drink, like yeah. I said. No one,
3: yeah. we're you. now <laughs> gonna be doing this on every podcast. We'll just be, or, we'll just be pushing your brand for everyone. I was like, oh, thanks yes. for doing this. Courage and Stone by Aisha Tyler. You guys had it. Yet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every episode. Yeah, <laughs> we're never going outside again, guys. So yes. we gotta, we
4: gotta make ourselves happy wherever we can. Oh, thank, thank you, you so, so much. So it was much. such a
2: blast. Thanks, guys. And there you have it, folks.
3: Uh, Aisha and Tyler, you can... Keep up with Aisha by following her on Twitter. She's at Aisha Tyler. That's A-I-S-H-A. These days, she's hosting Whose Line Is It Anyway? And she's back as the voice of Lana in season 11. Can you believe that of Archer?
2: Fucking wow. I know.
3: Plus, she's in a new movie called Friendsgiving. And it just came out on video on demand. So I can't wait to check that out.
2: I've never talked to her before. And that was so fucking delightful. It really was. That's one of those conversations I could have gone for another hour hour i could have just kept going yeah courage and stone check it out it's her new line of ready to drink cocktails They are her personal recipes and they've taken off like crazy while we're all at home drinking (laughs) alone some of us not alone but i gotta say and and like i said ruthie and i tasted these drinks. They're incredible. So visit courageandstone.com to learn more and yeah. order
3: your own. Cheers.
2: Cheers.
3: <laughs> That's our show. <laughs> we'll be back next week with a brand new guest. Dads, the podcast is produced by Jen Samples, Nick Liao, and me, Ruthie Wyatt. Our executive producers are Joanna Solitaroff, Adam Sachs, and Jeff Ross. Engineering by Will Beckton and Anya Jashik. Our theme song is by Strange Hotels with additional music by John Danik. Special thanks to Sean Doherty.
2: And as always, you can keep up with dads of the podcast by following us on Instagram at Team Coco Podcast. Give us a review on Apple Podcasts if you love the show. Subscribe and, you know, just tell a friend. Tell a stranger. Tell a bunch of strangers. Do it. You know what I mean? What? Why not? Why not just say, hey, I'm listening to this show. I like it. You might like it too. Who knows? Maybe they will. There's so many ways you can show your dad pride, and that is one of them. So thanks for listening, and we will see you back here next week.
0: This has been a Team Cocoa production.
1: Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places?